Hello and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And my name is Jessica Tercero. And this week... We watched... We watched... Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh my God, what a nightmare. <laughs> what It was so... I don't... Okay, this was one of those things, like many, uh, I didn't realize it was a remake. Um, I didn't either, yeah. And there's, I mean, arguably still isn't. Because what is that first movie? If nothing but a B-roll cut documentary style student film. <laughs> like, it's such a strange... I mean... And it was this, a huge success for when it came out, by the way. Eric a huge to- success. They made $40 million. And technically, the remake is not a remake, according to all the places. But there are four movies in this universe. What are the other two? I did two? not realize. There's another one that came out, like I want to say, like four years later or something. And the guy that made this, I th- it was either that one or Gone in 60 Seconds 2, which is another one. But he actually died while making yeah. the film. So there's a lot of fun stuff yeah, to there, talk about. There is a lot. I'm excited because you know my stance on heist movies. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. D- despite all of its messiness, which there's a lot of, which obviously we'll talk about, at the end of the day, I love heist movies. Get like a car <laughs> heist, a bank heist, a hotel heist, a plane heist, like any heist movie that has a plan and you see that plan of action, like there's the there's the sequence of like seeing what we're gonna do is this, circle on a chalkboard, uh getting ready physically for whatever task like that montage sequence of like, okay, I see what's coming. They've already had the big argument plan blowout thing, and now you're seeing that plan go into action. I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm taken care of here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like, I don't have to think. You don't have to do anything. Just take me through this ride, and I will go on board. Obviously, the like the internal content, like some of the surface level, like tech stuff. Oh, I'm paying attention, and that shit's fucked up. But structurally, I'm like, oh, I'm on the track. Just guide me along. <laughs> Hit- Hit that little chain lift hill and I'm I'm good to go on this. And movie. boy, this was that kind of movie, wasn't it? <laughs> Both of these? Yeah, it really um, was. Before we get into it, we have some special announcements. We which do. We are so, so, so excited to talk about. First, uh, we have decided that we are going to make our own podcast network. I think we made a network. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> oh my it, God, it, did we? <laughs> it's called the Nostalgia Network. Of the titular pod that it's on. Um, the flagship. We we are the flagship pod because, yeah. I mean, like, we did kind of start this and then, like, the yeah. other pod, like, all of our friends decided that they wanted to do this too and we're like, yeah, it's cool. We'll show you the way. Like, don't well, worry it, about it. <laughs> it's also arguably just a way for us to group our podcasts together because, like, I do the Lousy Advice podcast, which is on the network, and then we're starting a brand new podcast called Quest Friends Forever, which is me, you, Danny, and Dave. Which is a D&D 5e pod, which is really cool because, I mean, you all know this by now because you've been listening to us for so long, but I am a huge ass nerd and have been playing D&D for <laughs> so fucking long. And all I, I just want everybody to play D&D with me. But like one of the reasons why we decided to call it the Nostalgia Network is because every pod so far has to do with it has to it centers around like the idea of revisiting things like so for instance you know we revisit film and and tv and media and stuff 
Lousy revisits albums and bands and has some very fun ranking and discussions about it. And then D&D, we're trying to not fall into a lot of the tropes, like the the harmful stereotypical tropes that come from playing D&D sometimes, especially with like the new Tasha's book that came out, which kind of like gets rid of a lot of the problematic racist stuff about D&D. So yeah, uh, like just revisiting things with like a new lens and a new intention. And um, yeah. And also yeah. just u- using that to bring joy, right? Like, that's the whole point. Like, even in here when we're, like, talking shit about these movies, there's still a level of joy that it's, like, to some degree we like these movies. To some degree we enjoy the idea of retelling and all that stuff. Similarly with Lousy, it's, we love music. We want to talk about this music, even if it's bad or we hate it. It's, like, let me tell you all about my experience with this. Let me tell you my history. Let me get nostalgic for a little bit. I think it's perfect. I think it's going to be really fun. And also... If we're going to try to get on a network, why don't we just start our own? Fuck it. Let's rage. (laughs) You guys know that we're musicians. And so, you know, we're used to this whole DIY kind of ethic where, you know, you make your own shirts and buttons and your own label and you put out your own albums and stuff like that. So, like, we were talking one day, like, let's try to pitch to other networks. And we were like, wait, why don't we just start our own? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. there's Um, There's literally nothing stopping us. We all have the capability. We all know some facet of doing this. And we're just going to wait for somebody else to tell us it's okay. It's okay for us to do it now. So why not go for it? And just <laughs> also at the end of the day, I mean, assuming this goes well and people really like the the stuff we're putting out, like it's just a platform for like us and our friends to like come in and do something and make something like be our own boss. Who can't like everything's fake. The earth is dying. Start a podcast network. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, oh, and-, and also everybody on the pod has like all of these different um, really great skill sets. So like Danny is, you know, he has a lot of expertise when it comes to like editing, uh, not just pods, but also like papers and everything. So part of what we're going to be doing is like a blog about some of the bigger topics that we get into uh, with these episodes that we want to talk about. So the first one yeah. that's going to go up was written by Eric, and it's uh, the long overdue Blade Bl- Runner yeah. is queer yeah, so piece. If you listen to the Blade Runner episode, the big moment that I had, I wrote a piece about it. So that's going to go on the blog. And that blog is going to be, it's going to be like bi-weekly. We're going to have a bunch of great reads, uh, really insightful, interesting content um, to keep you coming back. And along, I mean, along with our, our weekly podcast, um, weekly and bi-weekly, it's going to be fucking cool. I'm really excited. And if you're, lis- if you're listening right now, that means the website's up. Everything's out for the most part. It is thenotstalgianetwork.com. Yeah. So go there. Check it out. There's eventually going to be some merch on there and stuff like that. So that's going to be really cool. Yeah. And there's like a Teams page. So you can like check out who's doing what and who's associated with the network. And it's really exciting. So check that out. And we also have like new social media specifically for the network. So if you wanted to follow that and just kind of see what all of the things we are doing are, all of these links will be in the show notes too. We have also upgraded our uh, show notes game. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but... It's fucking dope. And I learned how to do some CSS, no, wait, HTML, whatever. I learned how to code for this and I'm very proud of it. So um, You're a hacker. So yeah, I hacked the planet. So um, tell me that I did a good job and that you love us. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to love it. So anyways, back to the episode. Uh, Gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, there's... Not a lot of substance, but, you know, we're going to get through this. 
A lot of fashion, a <laughs> lot of moments, um, some white dreads, which, you know, uh, exist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big cube puke noise. Should we just talk about it? I feel like we should just talk about it. Yeah. Let's let's dive. Let's jump in. Let's wait, hold let's, on. Let's go from zero to sixty. We're going and... we're going from zero to sixty. Wait. Oh no, I fucked that up. Okay. We, let's floor it, man. Floor it. Let's yeah, floor it. Nitrous. In a very 1970s Long Beach, Mandrian Pace lives a double life as an insurance investigator and crime boss slash car thief extraordinaire who agrees to steal 48 very specific cars for a drug dealer with very specific needs. With only five days to deliver, Mandrian assembles his crew, even going so far as to deny one of them leave for their own honeymoon. And together, they begin planning the heist of their lifetimes. When they're ready to go, they begin stealing the cars on their list and run into various snacks, including but not limited to cops, uninsured vehicles, sexy ladies, car alarms, heroin, and tigers. Oh my! After successfully stealing nearly every car on the list, Mandrian goes to collect the final car, codenamed Eleanor. Meanwhile, his pissed-off non-honeymoon associate tips off the police and a 45-minute car chase ensues. 93 wrecked cars later, Mandrian and Eleanor eventually shake the cops and arrive at the drop site with only moments to spare. Um, One could argue dun, that dun, they were dun. gone in 60 seconds, even. Oh, you could. See, you hear the cops out there on my... That's them. They're still looking for Mandrian and Eleanor. Who... Eleanor, Eleanor, the car, who doesn't even show up until, like, the last half of the show, is literally second billing in this film. So it is Weiss, or whatever his name is. Is it Weiss? I forget his name. HG something. And uh, and Eleanor has the second casting for it. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm honestly so surprised with this intro because Hackley. I'm sorry, Halkley. I'm so mm-hmm. I'm so surprised with this intro because, um, it was a story, and when I watched it, I was definitely like, "What is the story?" <laughs> okay, what? so that's not just me. <laughs> no, it was very hard to follow because to me, and this is what I was gonna say earlier. This movie felt like. All of the non-sexual scenes from a gay porn with a 55-minute car chase. (laughs) And and, and just just as disjointed and non-narrative as that sounds is exactly how this movie was not only paced, but visualized and told. Like, it had no substance. Also, the audio guy was always in the other room for some reason. Like, he was in another fucking... I mean, that's why they had to do so many voiceovers, right? Of, like, shit that didn't even matter. Like, there's a Polish wedding or something happening, and then there's, like, this weird-ass voiceover on it, and you're like, wait, what is happening? Like, I could not fucking follow this story at all. It is so incredibly confusing. It really, like... Because a lot of the choices, too, visually, it felt... As if though, like this was a a student art film, mm-hmm. like they're just doing all of it's like this was B roll the movie, is all this was. Okay, so I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that because no. I was watching this and I was like, this feels like an old porn without the sex scenes, right? It really and, was. And then I did some of my digging that I do, right? And I was like, oh, that's a hundred percent what it was because there was no official script for this movie, just a couple of pages of outline and like, 
you know, outlining like the main dialogue sequences was like, oh, yeah, that super tracks, right? And most of it was improv between the cast and the crew just as they went along, which made this a fucking nightmare for the editor because he was just like, they were just dropping shit off to him. And he had no, because he had no frame of reference for any of the things, he was like, I don't know where any of this goes or where it belongs or what I even got. So like the first half of the movie is bad. And then the second half is like actually kind of fun and entertaining because it's just like he's outrunning a bunch of cops and like, you know, like beating the shit out of the cars. And I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, Like, but that is literally like 45 minutes. It's like, this is, this is the meat. This is what he wanted. And then the, the beginning of the film, I'm like, we don't even need this. Like, don't show me any of this because this makes no sense. And there's those like, those really bad like do you remember the scene where it's like they're tailing a car but like all you see are their tail lights because it's not lit at all so you can't yeah. tell what's happening in the scenes and i'm yeah. like what the fuck but when it gets to the car chase like some of the shots were like you can see how iconic they were and how much thought went into like how they were shot or like the choreography of that and i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> like it was so jarring it's- it like the fact that there was no uh, running script or that there was re- it was largely just improv. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like even even narrative aside, if you're looking at the car chase scenes, um, none of that felt permitted. Like obviously they paid for all the no. cars, but like the crowds that are gathered are just bystanders waiting to watch a movie being filmed. So much so that like there are several times when the car is like careening down a hill and it's like sort of a POV. You're in the car. At the and there's turn, 40 people. <laughs> there's 40 people, but half of them are the crew, including somebody with a mic pack and somebody booming over the corner where the turn is going to be. And they linger on that shot for like 10 seconds. So you're like, oh, that's the crew. Cool. Like you can ignore. It's not just like a slip up. It's like they're center frame. They're literally right smack dab in the crosshairs of visual. Like that's where I'm looking. That's where the crew's at. Cool. <laughs> um <laughs> But that that's like some of the car stuff was fun and cool. But the fact that it was so disjointed narratively, it was hard to watch. It was a sludge of a viewing for me. Like I try to not be on my phone too much when I'm watching these just to be like, all right, stay engaged. <laughs> like watch this. But there was really like I'm trying to blow up on TikTok and this movie is wasting my time. You know what I mean? Like I just <laughs> I have the I priorities. My and this movie just took my time. No, that's and I don't want to like completely shit talk it because like also, I mean, there's some thematic stuff that I do want to get into, but just as a movie, the idea is interesting to some degree in the way that action movies are interesting. I feel like that's a read. Maybe it is. I'm not sure, but it was boring. It was so boring. <laughs> It was like, I mean, half of it you couldn't even follow. And then it's like, okay, cool. Like, it is, I shit you not, a 45-minute car chase it's, at the end of this. Cool. And then it's like, there's certain times where I'm like, Long Beach has never been this empty. What the fuck? Like, I I know Long Beach, right? Or like, yeah. when they're going down this other thing and I'm just like, <sighs> like, it's it was just really, it was a frustrating watch. Um, yeah. Oh, and yeah. it was just... It was so boring. Like I would, I would like went to the kitchen to like get something, and I was just singing "Car Chase, Car Chase" and like dancing around in the kitchen, not even watching the movie, because like you could walk away and nothing happens. 
And then he can walk away again and nothing happens. Like the big selling point for this film was watch us wreck 96 cars or whatever. Like that's literally on the fucking movie poster. And you know what? That to some degree is the most interesting part of this movie. And you know what? I got what they sold. And so did however many other people to the point where this movie made $40 million and its budget was like a hundred and something thousand. Like go, go for it. Like, and that's also, that's the seventies. That's crazy. That's money. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I do want to jump into the objectification of women in a very big way. I mean, the and naming this is, of the cars. Yes. Because, which is, which is yeah. more of a, which is more of a commentary on society because like, obviously movies are coming from like, they're coming from life experience of these people, but like it's a very cool masculine cis male thing to name an inanimate object a female name because that thing is desirable to you. And women or 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 femme presenting people are just objects of desire. And that's it. That's all they're good for. Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie reiterates is the fact that like this car, like, oh, isn't she a beaut? It's just like, I mean, <laughs> the, it, and it also, it toes the line in that very, gross like unthought provoking way where it's like this car i'm naming it after this girl and talking at the car like you want to fuck the car like oh isn't she and i'm just like yeah wait okay so all misogyny and all objectification aside do you want to fuck this car <laughs> like is that oh they like, absolutely if, do yeah if we're taking also, away in the all, second one they absolutely want to fuck oh, cars even more so but like t- t- taking away all of the all of the misogyny, all that stuff, it really does feel like, damn, these people really want to just fuck these cars. Like forty eight cars, not one of them is named after men. No, or not one of them is like you know, like oh, let's go get the bird. Let's you know? go get the Chevy. Or, let's go get the fucking, car. Well, I get why they were like trying to name them code names and stuff, but you could say, <sighs> yeah. I gotta go pick up my lunch, right? Like, why isn't yeah. one of them a pastrami? Like. Just to name them all after women is just like that also kind of shows like nobody's going to question. Right. If you're talking about multiple women and being involved with multiple women as a man. Right. And that's something that this this film kind of puts forth where they're anytime they're talking about women. It's always kind of like, oh, yeah, my girl or oh, who you got this or or like. Um, I think it's Pumpkin who's uh, Mandrian's girlfriend, but she's like, hey, are you ever going to marry me? Like, and he's yeah. just like, oh, well, See? you know, and and then like even on the walls in it, like the very first shot of them is like in their car, like in their, oh God, I'm so bad with cars. In their like, car in place? Their, <laughs> in their car place, in like, you know, their little in, garage. In their car house. <laughs> Wherever the car house is, they're at the car house all together where as a family cars in the car live. house. In the car hospital? Is that because that's where they get like. Okay. Yeah, the car hospital, yes. Okay. So they're in the car hospital, and there's just literally like the wallpaper is nudie photos of, yeah. of women. So I'm right off the bat like, okay, cool. We're naming all of the cars after women. You have women all over the wall. But I think it also reinforces the idea that. They don't like women. They just like the idea of women. Like they don't want one in their life. They just they just like that it's hot. Mm-hmm. But they're like at every point, especially whenever they have to talk to women or like they see the the hot girl get out of the car. Right? They're like, oh yeah, she totally left the keys in her car, insinuating that she's dumb or lesser than. Right? Yeah. And a lot of that like just doesn't. It didn't really 
bode well for women. Like the the subject of women in this, like I have like a big yeah. section that says, let's talk about women ob- and objectification, you know? Yeah. And anytime that the women are on screen, it's just to serve the men, whether it's to, you know, they're kind of like glorified secretaries, just like they're just there oh, to yeah, tell yeah. men when someone's on the phone for them, you know, or like anytime that they show their own emotions or like they say anything other than something that is serving a man, they're overreacting, right? Yeah. Like, so it's like a car flew out of here, right? Or, you know, there's just like this, this level of performative overreaction, you know, but like then the men, when they talk to each other and they're trying to like talk down to each other, they're also saying like, yeah, are you on your period? Right. And they're like talking about their sex life and yeah. they're like trying to like get each other down. Oh, no, the operators in this one, the operator says um, like asks the cops, are you in pursuit? Right. Literally doing her job. And all of the women that when they talk to men. They talk very calmly and they talk very sultry. So that way it is pleasing and unthreatening, right? Like they just have like yeah. this like tone that they get and the cops talk to each other and they're like, where does she think we've been out to coffee? And literally they aren't in pursuit because they like did a dumb thing and their car was like, they crashed it and had to get back out and find out where Eleanor and Mandrian were. But like, just like, Everything is just like anytime they're questioned or like someone's trying to be helpful, they're still really shitty to them. So fuck this movie on that front for sure. I mean, you had said previously that they were painted as just like kind of like helpers or like secretaries. That's generous. That's even giving this movie too much. Like not to say like it's acceptable, but like this is a literal just crash them up car movie from the 70s. So in my head, I'm like going into this, I was like, this movie is already what it's selling me is misogyny <laughs> like just poster 100% who it's selling to the ideas within it it's like oh well this this movie it's predicated on the the concept of of hating women like okay but even within it i'm like i mean oh oh my god and then earlier you just said uh pumpkin and the other character i'm like got none of that I don't I, I I mean I probably saw them, but I don't remember even who the fuck they are. But but again, that just goes Pumpkins, on to like how this movie's trash. But she's the one that like actually does all the calling to figure out where the cars are and yeah. who the people are. And you can see like there's one moment where she's allowed to be a woman or like just to be somebody outside of like the man, and it's when she's crying and she's you can see that she hates her life and she's so sad and depressed. And it's it's insinuated that she beat the shit out of the honeymoon guy because he like Madrian leaves and he's like, take care of him, pumpkin or something. And you see her that like, you know, the dude that was supposed to get taken care of is all shitty. And like, I think he's like passed out or something. I don't know. But she's just sitting there fucking crying at a desk. And it's like this uncomfortably long montage of her crying at the desk and then cutting back to Mandrian and cutting back to that other guy and then her crying. And it's like, it felt like it was 10 minutes long, but like she's crying because she hates herself for participating in the abuse that patriarchy expects of her. You yeah. know, I mean, that's also like I'm fucking fishing because like like we said, there's like no substance to this. But yeah, like, why yeah, even yeah. include why include her crying? Why are you trying to show she's weak? Like there's a lot of stuff that nothing made sense for this story. A hundred percent. It um, really didn't. I mean, but the like, fashion, though, for those the girls, fashion was sick. If any. OK, the before, hair. Before you, because the fashion was sick. If anything that this movie shows, it's just that like male culture is toxic 
in every way. And also just like men are bad. Like cis male people largely are just bad. Like I don't want to like, I mean, I know we talk about this all the time, but like Jesus Christ, car culture is so toxic. Male culture is so toxic. The idea, like the objectification of women is just like not only so tired, but just toxic as fuck. Like it's just so gross and boring. And these people are so boring and gross and just trash and they want to fuck their cars and like that's like their life their livelihood the only thing about them that they think is interesting or cool is something you can just purchase like their personality is literally for purchase they have nothing interesting about them nothing in any of these characters any of these male characters was anything other than a fucking car like the most interesting facet of these people is their cars and the fact that they can drive them i'm like I also have my driver's license. How cool is that? <laughs> I am so I also wow. Have a car. Should I make my entire Ooh. personality this car? That's crazy. You know what I mean? Not to mm. knock all of car culture, but like kind of to knock all of car culture. So all of you car fans, uh, not the cars, but car fans, if you're out there, uh, drag me through the mud because fuck car culture. Um, anyways, <laughs> the fashion of this movie was fucking great i know that scene that that girl gets out of the car where she gets out of the car with the tiger and she's wearing that purple moment okay that tiger though that fucking tiger i, mean, I was what is, like it makes so me it makes me so sad that like obviously that tiger's there as like a showpiece to be like look how rich i am i can buy exotic pets and like exotic pets as an idea is toxic because it's like i mean tiger should not be your pet okay like you really just should not okay, do that moving on <laughs> yeah like just Surface level, we agreed that you shouldn't do that. Stop doing that, people. Please don't. But what a weird moment in the fucking movie of just like, I'm going to steal this car. Roar. And you're like, oh, no. Like, I mean, that was arguably the most interesting part of the movie. I was like, tell me more about this tiger. If you're already going to get into this, where did this car come from? Who was she? Who was the girl in purple? Yeah, who is that bad bitch? I want to know more about her. Yeah. The movie should be about her. It should be. (laughs) She walked by with the presence of every character in this movie tenfold. And especially knowing this tiger, I'm just like, where's the movie with the tiger? Like, what? That's way better than this shit. I don't want to see a fucking Corvette get smashed a million ways. Like, that's also fine. But, like, I can also go play Crazy Taxi on my GameCube. I don't need it. You know what I mean? I mean, the big crazy taxi moment at the end. Yeah, I was like, in my notes, it's all like caps like, he did the crazy taxi thing. <laughs> he really did. Yeah. Which, I mean, it was cool. And like, I'm into it. But that's just because I like that game. But yeah, yeah you know, um, I mean, the fashion was just fucking great. And this is one thing. The too, hair. And I, the hair I don't want to. So I don't want to get objectifying of, of men. But jeans in the 70s make butts look so nice for everybody. <laughs> That's just like the the high, the nice, like, it's just, what a flattering gene. A 70s Levi moment is such a flattering piece of American fashion. Yeah. Now we no, just have I, the, I agree um, with you. The American Eagle cut up toxic. Oh, my God. I'm just in my head. I'm picturing just a pair of like, what were they? Was it the Junko jeans that were like the flared bell bottoms yes. from like the 90s yes. that looked like trash? I'm picturing that and I'm just like, where would we go wrong? What would happen? <laughs> somewhere some this came from somewhere. Where'd this come from? Let's let's get the let's get the nice butt jeans. Cause every, I mean, no matter who you are, your size, your physicality. You got a butt. 
you you will make those jeans look gorgeous anybody can make those jeans look good and this movie really exemplified that so i mean takeaway of this movie 70s is butt culture truly like at the end of the day it's just cute jean butt culture uh and cars are toxic and they're ruining the earth okay you know what i'll just say it (laughs) <laughs> okay, I will admit that I wasn't paying as much attention to the jeans and the butts, <laughs> even though they they were great, because I could not get over the comb over game in this fucking movie. It's wild, wild. There's so like every fucking character has this wild ass comb over, and it was just so incredibly distracting to me, and it was just very gross because like you have. All the women had such good hair, and I was eating that up. And then anytime it cuts to a dude, I'm just like, oh, like, oh, sweetie. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, no, you could have done better than that, you know? There's also the, did they? I don't think, I mean, I don't want to, like, speculate completely, but, like, was there wardrobe and was there, like, hair and makeup for this movie? I think a lot of it was like, hey, I'm going to get my cousin in here. Just wear whatever. It was for the cars. All the hair and makeup stuff was like for the, the cars, cars in that little car hospital. Oh, that's right. <laughs> because otherwise, how are we going to know to want to have sex with the cars? That's true. It's very that's true. true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got um, it got can it. we also yeah. talk about how, of course, the country station is super horny for big car chases? <laughs> like that made me laugh <laughs> yeah. so hard because like you're listening to blah, 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 blah. And I love that it was his car at the end that got stolen. And that made me laugh so hard. But like, yeah. I was like, of course, it is a country station that is just so horny for this car chase and like trying to like take ownership over it. This started in front of our studio. This is so cool. And it's like, wait, yeah. are you sure you want to be like broadcasting that or like taking ownership of that? I think that's like definitely one of those uh, 70s, 80s when radio stations were kind of a way bigger deal than they are now. Where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, I get to go to the radio station? That's crazy. Like, what? I won tickets? So, like, I'm sure that whoever that was in this time, he was like a celebrity. So he's, mm-hmm. like, trying to get clout a little bit and being like, I'm seeing it right now and I'm I'm important. Everyone pay attention to me. It was just, it was like a big, big clout moment. But also, like, that car chase was so bizarre. Because not only yeah. did they did they turn right, like, a million times, but it was like... <laughs> Because I felt like they were just driving in a big circle. It was like, turn right down the alley and then down the hill, then right and then up the hill and then right and then past the alley. I mean, half the movie they were probably lost, right? Because this is before, this is when they had Thomas guys, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But can we also talk about the racism in this movie for a minute? Oh, yeah. Let's jump in. I don't understand why, because like this talking about the car chase and all of that. Like, so there's a lot of fucking people that get hurt and a lot of innocent bystanders or like just people that are driving. And for some reason, this film decides to like zone in on like this group of black teenagers in like this cool car and it keeps going to them. Right. And like, you know, they're getting high and all the thing. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like it's just so stereotypical and gross and there for no reason and then like the big lead up is that eleanor and madrian fucking hit this car and like borderline total it right and that fucking sucks and i'm like okay cool why and then it goes even a step further 
at the very end, like the final act is you see him and then he pulls up next to the kids in the car and is an asshole to them. He knows that he wrecked their car. I'm like, this is gross and this doesn't, this is so unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very clearly asserted dominance through the racism lens, right? Like, not only is this this person trying to assert their sort of male dominance over these uh, young people, but it's also through the lens of like, oh, you're black and I'm racist. Let me make sure that like that's painted very clearly. But but like for a movie with such loose structure, that truly was the most unnecessary. Not to say like take the black actors out of the movie, but to paint these characters in this way for the reason being they exist to be slammed into by the lead character and then to be degraded by him moments mm-hmm. later essentially like it's it's super unnecessary this movie's toxic and that was also to- i mean granted the other the, the sequel i have a lot more to say about racism in the sequel because i yeah, think where same. whereas this whereas most of the choices in this movie feel very last minute and and to some degree, unintentional. I feel like nothing in this movie was intended. Everything feels like happenstance in this movie. And I mean, obviously, to that degree, you're having to go and shoot this this B-roll or the, these these scenes with these kids in this car. But like, it's unnecessary. And and for what reason to paint our what would be hero as as what like? Oh, at that time, it's cool to be racist or to like assert dominance on like people of color. Like, okay. So for a racist audience, this is like sick and we're we're into this. Got it. Yeah, I I just I wanted to bring it up because I think that out of all of the things in this movie, that was probably the most unnecessary thing. And like <laughs> also like you could tell that there wasn't like at least some sort of intent with that because it wasn't just like, hey, let's get these bystanders to go in a car because like most of the, yeah. the people in this movie are bystanders. Right. And you're right. Most of the. Most of the shots weren't necessarily permitted or weren't like it was just they fucking happened. And there was like a lot of times where people got hurt and yeah. the the main actor had like driven into a pole and then like was knocked unconscious. And then when he woke up, the first thing he said was like, did you get it on film? Right. So like, again, toxic masculinity, like from the source, from like this lead actor. Right. And so, so much irresponsibility. Uh, yeah. So that that kind of like lead up that kind of intent that kind of like that just felt really it felt really like extra extra gross because of how little story there was and how much screen time and attention was building up on this what was supposed to be a joke right like and that was supposed to be the final laugh and the final payoff which yeah um, which i fucking hated it it was gross (laughs) it was gross yeah i i mean this movie really just said diy um no i'm just kidding i don't want to equate diy ethos with this but there is a level of like oh yeah we just get a camera and go and it's like yeah okay sure but also this is the let's crash every car we bought movie um that's dangerous people die in car accidents y'all uh what the the lead actor did you know while filming one of these movies and so it's just just a level of irresponsibility, not just with filmmaking, but also with filmmaking at large with like, you know, not being careful with stunts or not doing like uh, just a, a general disregard, not just for the people around you, but even for yourself, Yeah, um, oh, which yeah. is truly what toxic masculinity is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I do want to say the one thing that I really enjoyed about this film is that all cops are bad and incompetent. Yes. <laughs> um, oh. And so this is an uh, anti-cop movie. And well, so, I mean, this does get a little bit of a, not a pass, but like it does get like, you know, a little asterisk on it. Yeah. But but to me, see, see, I feel like, and this might be why I also like heist movies. I feel like all heist movies are the ACAB movies where they're like, mm-hmm. you guys are incompetent. We're going to fool you at every turn and we're going to get to where we need to go because you guys are incompetent. Cool. And you shouldn't have your job and you shouldn't, there shouldn't be cops. Cool. We got it. However, I feel like in something like this, this is the, we're going to be the cops. Like, I, I feel like you guys are bad and incompetent. We'll just take over that role of toxic, toxicness. And something yeah. like this, you know what I mean? Because they are they are a little a cab in this, and and that's great. But they are just like we don't need you because we own the streets and we run the rules and we're we're the ones. It's like oh, so you guys are just the cops now. <laughs> Got it. I do kind of really love their like model though for like only taking insured cars and one of them being yes. like an insurance agent and stuff. So I was yeah. like, I am so fucking here for this scam and for this white collar fucking crime. And also, especially once you like meet the boss, I'm like, oh yeah, fuck him. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so I, I, you know, I love a good scam. I yeah. like, you know, all those Redditors this week that have just like gone off and like fucked Game up those stop. two. Oh my god! Uh, so well, I love what's you. I mean? So I don't want to super derail this, but what's great about that is I love gatekeeper culture of rich whiteness, like the yes. idea, like you don't understand stocks, therefore it's not for you. And these redditors are like, no, we learned, and now we know how to play this game. Now these headphones are like, wait, no, uh, government uh-huh. help us. You, this should be <laughs> illegal. There should be restraints. It's like it's a free market, baby. Isn't that what you guys claim? Under this capitalist mm-hmm. system, isn't that what you how you guys got rich? Why is it now our problem when people learn? It's it's the gatekeeping of intelligence, the gatekeeping of knowledge. It's so silly and so funny. And I and love like wealth to see a rich and person classism lose their and all of those. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So oh, yeah. like that's why I like watching this with that in the like forefront of my mind yeah. this week. I was like, fucking go off. Cool. I like and this. But yeah, I, you are absolutely right. Where sometimes like just because you're fucking over the right people doesn't make you the hero, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not automatic goodness yeah. if you're replacing it with equal badness. Yeah. And 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 you think even within this one, I'd like hate to say this, but like I didn't even maybe I just didn't hear them talk about the insurance in this one because in the second one I did. And like there were there are a couple lines where they're like, oh well, that's part of the deal is the insurance of it. Um it wasn't at the forefront, but it was it was mentioned. Whereas in the first one, Maybe I was just like so distracted by the audio because literally I said this earlier, whoever was on audio for this was either in the other room or aiming the mic at the ground. Like (laughs) it was either so, so reverby and echo that I'm like, what did they say? Or it's somebody fucking banging a pipe with a wrench and they put the mic up literally next to that pipe while they're trying to have a dialogue. And I'm like... I, I, I don't know what they're saying. I really have I no idea what's being said. I did watch it with subtitles. Said. Okay. I did watch it with subtitles. And I <laughs> like I, I watch everything with subtitles. I don't know why, but like I feel like sometimes I can't 
really understand things unless I have subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did rewind a couple times because, like, I had to be like, what the fuck just what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, and truly for the uh, for the intro, for the summary, I did look at Wikipedia to see what it said. You know, like I just skimmed it. But I was like, because I I truly don't I didn't remember what happened. And they're yeah. like, because it's so forgettable and so. Like, because also, like, on top of the audio being bad, it never syncs up. So, like, even in, like, there's certain points where, like, this woman operator is supposed to be talking and the audio is different than the words that she's saying. Okay. And then there's also points where, like, there's, like, this whole dialogue with these characters, like, that you don't even know, right? Or that you you don't have that voice recognition with. And it's, like, this dancing scene from a wedding or something. And they're, like, talking about the plan. And I'm, like, I don't understand or get any of this. What is happening? Well, not only are they talking about the plan, but it's like, which characters in this scene of 45 people are talking about the plan? Because this is ADR. This is over the film. We're hearing yeah. it. We're not seeing it. And then even in the scene at the the car house <laughs> or the car hospital, <laughs> even in <laughs> even in those scenes, it'll be like B-roll of, of them just like wrenching something up. Like, oh my God, I'm so good with tools. Wrenching something up or like, bashing it with one of the tool hands i'm just kidding it's a hammer (laughs) um you know what i mean it's like that (laughs) and then we like we see one character talk and then the rest is just b-roll of them walking near each other with adr over it with with what was supposed to happen in this scene the vocal is above it almost like a narration but they're doing it and implying that like oh these words are supposed to happen in this scene we didn't get footage in this scene of these words happening so we have to put them in here which was so distracting and like that's why i was saying this feels so experimental and like a student film like what if the the text and the dialogue was never even in the movie and it was just after the fact. So it was more an ethereal, like the dialogue was an idea and a mood less so a directive. And you're like, I hate that. So Stop. Much. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the vibe. And I'm like, I can't follow this. So like, truly I didn't even know that in this first one, it was insurance based. That yeah. makes me like it a little bit more. But again, I didn't get that information. That information was not delivered to me in any sort of uh, good way. And I mean, granted, I don't need like too much exposition, but like you got to give me something. You got to give me some clue. Get, like, you got to say the word at some point. You can't just leave it out and be like, well, what we implied here when she looks at the wall is insurance fraud. And you're like, what, what well, do you mean? And also, t- also, so like on top of like none of this matching and being confusing it's also just incredibly boring so like the the like like you're saying yeah. the will to like look at my phone even though i just picked it up 10 minutes ago there's clearly Crazy. nothing new on social media right yeah. like you know but maybe i'll text eric maybe i'll like tell him yeah. like yo like but like, um it was so hard i'm on astral projection tiktok i need that content not this content thank you so much like it's too much it really was too much and this movie is just what like it this okay what this movie feels like it feels like playing three minutes of need for speed and being like this is fun then being forced to play it for 45 minutes after you got bored of it i mean like i want to do something else and the game's like you have to stay here and play me and it's like okay i guess i'll sit here and finish playing this game that i'm tired of like vroom vroom (laughs) 
I just, I like it's 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 such a such a weird movie. It's it's so bizarre. And I mean, granted, at least and the second one's got a lot of problems, but at least there's a story. At like least at least it's followable. It's followable. There are discernible characters. There are stakes. There are actual stakes. There are discernible characters. There are plot points. There are acts. There are story beats. There are there's there's loss. There's gain. There's motive. It literally there's characters in it. There's not there's characters, characters in this first one. This first there one is just people it's, on screen. <laughs> it's people on screen with some overdubbing, and it's like this is so confusing. So I'm excited to talk about the next one because like. There's there's more to it because it's an actual movie, <laughs> technically a film. I mean, granted, and I and I say that in jest because obviously, like this was a movie and it was kind of experimental and low budget, and that's kind of the charm of it for some people, I'm sure. But the cars are what really did it for a the, lot of people. The like car, I was, it was the, it, I mean, I was trying to find like information on this and the next one, like my fun facts or my trivia, right? And it's just a lot of like car daddy blogs that are just like you know <laughs> like oh man Wait, the so- cars in this one and then this thing and then did you know that Nicolas Cage learned how to how to do his own stunt driving and stuff for this and also what about this motorcycle that Angelina Jolie was on and it's just like beating off to like these different cars <laughs> um, and which again they just want to fuck the cars it's yeah it's a little so gross you said daddy car blog Car Daddy Blogs. Yeah, Daddy Car, car daddy blog. blog. I don't, whatever. So yeah. if you can send me a link, that would be cool. <laughs> I know I just talked all this shit about these toxic men, but like, I want to do some research. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's, you got I it. mean, yeah, it really, it really oh, is man. just messy and bad. <laughs> In a very 2000s Long Beach, ex-car thief extraordinaire Memphis Reigns lives a simple life as a go-kart instructor until he gets a visit from his former associate claiming his brother Kip's life is in trouble and is about to be executed by a prominent crime boss named Kalitri. Memphis goes to meet Kalitri and reluctantly agrees to steal 50 very specific cars in order to save his brother's life. With only three days to deliver, Memphis assembles his old crew, including his ex, Sway, his brother's gang, and various other colleagues. Together, they begin planning the heist of their lifetimes. After deciding to steal all 50 cars in one night and getting all the necessary equipment, they begin stealing the cars on their list and run into various snags, including, but not limited to, cops, uninsured vehicles, sexy car metaphors, car alarms, heroin, and gangsters. Oh my. After successfully stealing nearly every car on that list, Memphis goes to collect the final car, codenamed Eleanor. Meanwhile, Detective Castlebeck, who's been hunting Memphis for years, finally catches him in the act and a car chase ensues. Eventually, Memphis and Eleanor shake the cops and arrive at the drop site just a few minutes past the deadline. Kalitri tries to kill Memphis, but is saved by Kip and Castlebeck. After killing Kalitri, Castlebeck decides to let Memphis go and they have a big old barbecue in the backyard just like the Fast and the Furious. I thought this was the Fast and the... Okay, I always got this movie and Fast and the Furious mixed up. And then after really? watching this, yeah. I because we recently went back and watched all of the Fast films, which is, mm-hmm. oh my God, such a treat. Um, I want to do <laughs> it so like, bad. 
Oh my God, it's so good. We should totally do it. So these movies are pretty similar and then they end basically the exact same way at a barbecue in the back of this, you know, good old boy's house. They're sitting around the picnic table with the bottles of beer and the barbecue and like some of the chairs are like carved seats and stuff and i'm just like oh yeah this is why i get these movies mixed up all the I mean, fucking time <laughs> i mean olive garden you know when yeah. you're here your family it's a family film this is all it's all it's all <laughs> like the 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 general theme with all of these movies is family and i mean in this movie like the the main dilemma the main call to action for what would be considered our hero is family his family's in trouble he has to come back and save his family mm-hmm. you know um this movie I fucking love heist movies. Like, okay, and I will, I want to categorize this. This is a bad heist movie. I don't think it's executed well to the degree that heist movies can get really elaborate and very good. Um, Does that mean I did not enjoy it? Absolutely not. I enjoyed it. I very much did. Because again, if it's a heist, I'm in. I am, sign me the (laughs) fuck up. If this is a heist movie, oh God, I just... I love it. I just love the process and I love the the bad planning that somehow works. And I love like right when the plan's about to unfold, like the foil or the near foil of of like the cop coming in and the kid stole the heroin car and he's like, Why don't I get in here and rev this engine? And it's like there's heroin on the floor and it's like, Oh fuck, he's so they're like so close to getting caught. I'm like, And then it's I, the I callback too, right? Like they yes. did that in the first movie. Yeah. Right. And so that was a cute callback moment, but even in that, like, I just, you, you get me in that room and I am a sucker. I'm just, I'm in it. You've got me. <laughs> like, for some reason in heist movies, I don't even care how outlandish the, the planning or the, or the, the established series of events. I don't care how, how bombastic. I don't care how crazy. If you set it up right and can convince me to some degree that it's possible with even a sentence that says it's possible, <laughs> I'm here. I'm <laughs> I'm fucking buy me a ticket. But I mean, this movie's fucking messy and problematic. I mean, I th- this is one of the things in in this time in the early 2000s where the only go-to jokes for blockbusters are like quite literally the the most surface racist or homophobic joke is like oh that's a surefire zinger like don't even punch it up just drop it in there and in this case let's just butt up two together also screenwriter uh you guessed it is a white man um so in this scene what is the what is the actor's name hold on shy mcbride plays donnie astricky and he's a driving instructor. Or that's that's when we first see him. He's a driving instructor, and he's uh, instructing this uh, this woman how to drive. She's an Asian woman, and he says some fucking nonsense along the lines of like, "See, Asian people can't drive," and he's like, "That's why I stay out of the pool because I can't swim." And I'm like, "This this writer really just walked mm-hmm. in here and did a one two punch on racism, just." Just like walked into the room, character introduction was like, pow, pow, fucking, I'm going to knock him out with this real funny one. Like, whoa, this is. And then tripled down on like her, on like the woman then starting to uncontrollably cry to the point where she can't like speak. Right. So it's like uh, punched you down, punched you down, punched you back again. Right. I'm giving you the one, two. The good old racist, racist, misogynist cheat code. The bing, bing, boom, mm-hmm. like the wow, wah, wah. It's just, 
it's fucked. And it's so, not only that, it's just so boring. Like, Jesus, really? Like, you couldn't think of anything else. Like, also, if you're going to be a racist asshole, leave this shit in the drafts. Like, if you think this is fun and funny and a great, like, engaging way to, like, add humor to your movie, that's fine for you and you're a mess and you're a problem, but that's your problem, not ours. Leave the joke in the fucking drafts. Like, get... You had a team probably punch it up. Really? Just just mm-hmm. get in there and punch it up with something. Something that isn't this. Like, wow. Just what the absolute fuck. And then to to even further it, um, what is his name? Is it Mirror Man? Yes. So okay. when he's on the roof and they're doing the heist, he says you know black people aren't built for cold weather. We're tropical people. You know when this is over, I'm going to go home and watch two yeah. hours of Roots. Which, which is just, I, I mean, oh, like a white person wrote this. Like this is white behavior. This is yes. whiteness working. This is exactly what this is. The, the, the implication that like, I'm going to go home and watch two hours of Roots. What? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's largely one of the things like, this white writer is like, oh, what is black media? Oh, I saw Roots in high school. Yeah, that's black media. Like, it's just the most boring, ignorant, racist shit that is so just, what the fuck? Like, come on. And and again, this is written for laughs. Like, that, th- mm-hmm. in the moment, these moments of, like, racist whimsy are written for laughs. They are at the beat of comedy. Like, you're going between one thing and another and he's just the way it's delivered. It was directed to be the comedic beat. And it's like, man, this is the humor of the movie. That's fucking so basic and tired and shit. It's shit. It's really shit. Like it's shit. (laughs) I mean, this movie, all it did was just double down on everything from the original. Right. So like it, it took our critique of the first movie and was like, Oh yeah. All that's like, good all that's golden objectification of women fucking awesome car hospitals awesome let's do some racism that's also awesome yeah oh you know what'd be really cool if we went into like family drama a little bit right and talked about like cyclical blah blah yeah something like that right because they didn't know what they were doing and then like they of course like every good old white writer I don't know. I'm just assuming this guy's old. Um, he <laughs> had to do like the whole like millennial versus like the old timer thing because like the whole time, like the young group is like, they're the ones that fucked up and they're the ones that did this. And yeah. with all of your fancy, you know, electronics and all of that old school is better. You know, there's that whole, just that very tired old, like, and even in, even like the, the crown jewel of this car collection is an old ass fucking car, right? Like this is a, boomer car movie (laughs) yeah like and it's just every time that like the younger people are on screen they're always being talked down to or being like being discredited and the movie also goes out of its way to try to reinforce that like and insinuate that that is actually valid because kids don't understand they go to steal the car and there's a party outside and the the guy the dweeby guy goes to the back and then he's like oh whoops you know and it's like oh my god you guys and then what is he he gets shot for it he gets shot and almost dies for that because he doesn't belong there or he's just a kid you know and everybody in this movie is like 
like all the older people are making decisions about these young people's lives and about how they're supposed to live it. And that all just like, I hate narratives like that. And I think all those kind of narratives do are like, you know, again, like just for the cheap laughs and stuff like that, right? Because yeah. who's who's paying for this at that point at in 2000s, you know, when millennials are still kids, they it's, you know, all the older group. And so like now as a millennial looking back at this, I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it just really I, fucking infuriates me. It does. I mean, it's also just so telling it like what an age of culture where like, I mean, I'm I'm. I'm happy things are changing generally. It, like, socially speaking, I think a lot of things coming to the forefront of like, yay, be a little bit more cognizant or be a little bit more aware. Like, if you're going to show your racism, like, acknowledge it. Like, let's let's look at it. Let's look at your racism and, and figure out what this is. And like, I mean, <sighs> the content of this movie is bad. Like, and, and then on top of like, even adding more to the racist stuff, like the, the, the caricature painting of the uh, gangsters in oh this movie- God. Obviously, it's 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 like a class struggle, but it's it's narratively painting saying white criminals are smarter than black criminals, which is like, I don't okay, I don't know what this is and like why you're doing this or like what the point is, but then taking dreads and giving it to your essential femme fatale, uh, Angelina Jolie. So I mean, it's constantly it's it's writing for black character that is so white and toxic and racist and then depicting all of its black characters as bad silly less than and uncapable and then taking dreads and giving it to the lead to be like oh look how hot she is with her hot hair that's definitely white like oh my this is it's just come on okay it's riddled it's riddled with absolutely (laughs) and the whole time because like all of these people i also had a big problem all of these people like you know had gotten out of the business or whatever right and then you know like they come back presumably to help kip who like i do want to talk about toxic family members and all of that stuff but like Within that, right, he's trying so hard to find people that can help him with this heist. And when these people show up and they're like, this was my job, right? I was like, why don't you take them? You need more people. Like, why don't you guys work together? You don't want the money. Give them the fucking money. Like, here are your people to help. But he's not going to give them that opportunity, like you were saying, because like they are trying to paint them as like incompetent or you don't know or you're you're not as like you know we're better than this because you know we're old and we're white right yeah or, yeah, yeah and just everything about that that was just really disgusting to me yeah 100 percent. um i i like i do want to say structurally as a movie i enjoyed it because again i love heist movies but if I'm looking at this movie as like a human body, the skeleton of this movie, cool. Everything else that inhabits the body that is not the skeleton, I think is gunk. I think is bad. I think it's trash. I think it's problematic. I think it's messy. I don't think it's good. <laughs> like it's so just unnecessarily so too. Cause then there's also another moment when, um, Giovanni Rubisi, Kip, Kip Reigns, um, mm-hmm. they're driving away from something and he says, wasn't Robbie that faggy guy that hung with him? And I'm like, wait, oh, so you guys are going to go talk that line. You guys are going to go talk to this Robbie guy. But like, so you're, you're trying to designate character and, and kind of tarnish 
tarnished character a little bit being like, I don't trust this Robbie fellow because he's a queer. You're like, oh, okay. So that's, this is the implication of, of, of what is happening here. But then nothing really happens from that. <laughs> and it's just kind of a throwaway for fun. Like, if we weren't clear about him being a homophobic piece of shit, let's like, in the same way that we were like, this is a racist film. Mm-hmm. Let's just jump in the, just like a real quick tinge of like, ooh, that homophobia. Like, ooh, just like a little, just a, a smidge, just a little, a little taste, a, a treat, a little treat of, treat of homophobia. <laughs> it's like a Costco sample size of, of homophobic rage. Well, yeah, absolutely. And like, there's also like, doubling down on gross disgusting shit like there's also a couple of moments where there's these ableist jokes where there's the guy that supposedly can't talk right and he's like um sure he works in the morgue fucking fine like cool i like that that's fun right and then they're like oh he's got a phone call wait but can he can he take a phone call how do you how do you do that he can't talk right and then i was like oh Cool, 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 cool. Fucking cool. Like, you guys are the people that don't even, like... Yeah. It's all Um, punched down. All the jokes are punching down. It's all played for laughs. Anything that is not uh, able-bodied, cis, straight, white is played for laughs. Or old. Or old, yeah. Or men. Or a man. (laughs) Yes. It's played... Again, yeah, exactly. It it Upholding the power structures that be in the way that they are continuously, right? If it isn't that, it is used as fodder for what they consider humor in this movie and is therefore played for laughs, which is inherently punching down. That's literally it. That's the, that is the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I don't even. Well, and like a big part of these movies too, like, so uh, obviously it centers two cis white men, right? Yeah. Surprise. But like these, these movies, like both um, the first one and this one are, just about men promising things that they can't deliver on and getting and yeah. this one specifically getting mad at everyone else because they are in over their heads right so they are pushing their frustrations and their stress and everything that they're feeling even though this is 100% their fault they are projecting that onto everybody and everybody is suffering everybody uproots their life to help this dude right supposedly but like yeah how many people how many car accidents are there how many how much destruction was there around this how how many people got hurt or potentially killed all because kip wanted to be like his brother before he was abandoned you know and all because like the only thing that these two man boys had to like hold on to of their daddy was the fact that daddy liked cars right and like there's just also that like there's that like deep-rooted subliminal fact that men don't talk right men don't say their emotions they don't say why they do things and so if when nick cage memphis reigns which is god that name but like when he had (laughs) like when he had left, rather than just up and leaving, right, you know, because his mom said, hey, your brother's going to get in some shit. Like, if you stay around, right, you need to leave or, or clean up. He left, but he didn't say to his little brother, hey, don't follow the path that I'm on. Hey, this sucks. Or even, like, try to come back to, like, have that conversation. And mom didn't try to have that conversation with him either, 
right? No. So like nobody is fucking talking and everybody's just like, oh, if this isn't in your face, then it's not going to be a problem anymore. Yeah. And then like there's also like the reason that Kip gets into like stealing these cars and these grips and everything is because he feels cool and powerful. And yeah. he saw his brother as cool and powerful in that. So that's also like the generational inherent generational like stigma or ideologies about what makes somebody powerful what makes somebody important what makes somebody like worthy right and like the whole thing is just supposedly about well you left me and i'm like this is boring you are fucking you are an adult like go to therapy (laughs) go to therapy it's one it's one of the most it's emblematic of a lot of stories but like it it is one of the most boring tools utilized in that arsenal like just well the reason i came back was because it's just like just fucking talk like you you're mad at your brother if you were this close don't you think he you would have talked about it like if you're as close and as distraught and as as jilted and and backstabbed and betrayed as you as you claim to be that would imply that there was some semblance of like really serious kinship or brotherhood or like some some real established relationship and if there was a real established relationship don't you think that like you would have talked i mean granted the whole thing is like he had to leave town like that night and like he just like had to bail and that's the deal but what is the what is the uh oh no i'm losing my steam no choo 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 train (laughs) engine rev go back well, what is like, the re- what is the reason for that? You know what I mean? Like are there repercussions? If he doesn't leave that night, what are the repercussions of that action? Because if there's something behind it of like if he doesn't leave, he's going to get killed right now. Is that was there that? I don't think there was. But also, like if you need to leave that night, fucking cool. But you had like I forget how many years um had lapsed in between when he left. So he had all of that time to literally come back and apologize or to explain yeah. something. And he what he didn't do like cool, leave, but make yourself available for these kind of conversations or you know yeah. like make some sort of effort because when these kind of things happen like in anybody's life and you don't know anything about it, you can't get closure. You like, you know, you can't like people can't, especially if you're like trying to do this to to make a statement or to be better or to do something like if you don't fucking talk about that, then they're like, oh, yeah, of course you just left, you fucking piece of shit. But I yeah. also hate that because he left. Right. And then like there was that whole like, well, I did it for you. And I'm like, that's so boring because like because now Cage or Memphis has like this whole like that's his redemption is he left to save his baby brother. And I'm like, okay, fuck that. Like, because now that's supposed to be like, oh, but he is the good guy. And it's like, no, you're you're not the good guy. You didn't talk. You didn't have the conversation. You didn't tell anybody what was happening. And that also plays into the accountability, right? And the only reason he even tells his brother is because they have this big fucking fight about it. You know, men can only yeah. talk about their emotions when they're enraged. And and then it's like, oh, oh shit, and pour some water on the fire, right? And that's still, e- even in that moment of, you know, everybody's expressing the rage and expressing their emotions, like there is still, by by holding that emotion in or that, that fact away from everybody, that piece mm. of the puzzle, like they have that to just drop it in and apply for dominance. So even coming out of that conversation, even though he was the bad guy, he was still the dominant one and on top of everything and still maintained his place in the hierarchy. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so like there is that whole like stigma of like if you're a guy, you can't say this or you keep this shit to yourself and it's like fine, nobody needs to know. But like keeping those those kinds of secrets or keeping the, that kind of information away from people that could benefit from it or that, you know, all it works to do is to just make them feel more powerful or to make them feel like I, I just I hate when those kind of things are like dropped in there and it's just like, oh, OK, cool. So you're just still you held on to that for dominance. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not unexpected because of sort of patriarchal shit. It's this mm-hmm. constant need for grabbing power and maintaining power and it's and like i mean establishing dominance because that's what men love to do men are very good at doing that it's so boring like this the the whole brother thing i'm like shut the fuck up this is so (laughs) tired like because like okay this movie's car chases gorge i was so on board they were way more interesting way more compelling action scene wise i'm like yes oh my god the garbage truck stopped him in the alley he has to drive backwards towards the cops now fuck yeah this is sick quick turn boom 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 oh there's a a big car accident on the bridge well let me jump 30 fucking cars (laughs) like like i'm so here for this this is so funny i'm this this other like what would be considered the dramatic or emotional aspect of this this these tense moments are such bullshit they're so bad and so shitty i'm like take me back like where where's the other movie was an hour and 45 minutes of car scenes car chases that were very boring and oddly shot this one (laughs) these car scenes were i mean relatively long but like i wanted more it was well done The the car chases were the best part of this movie so sick and so fun and cool and like interesting and compelling i'm like stop stop telling this this bad boohoo story of men who don't know how to cry bring me back to the cars like i never thought i would say that i never thought i would be sitting here being like you know what i want right now in my life more cars wow (laughs) can you believe these words are coming out of my mouth i can't but this movie made me want that because the cars were well done the drama was not no it it (laughs) Everything about like the the relationships between the characters, the you know the punching down of the various other characters in the cast who really were just kind of around, you know, there was really no character depth. Even like they tried to like give Angelina Jolie's character like some sort of depth, and the first thing that we do is we see him tell her how to do her job, right? And then she's like, when you left, you know, it wasn't the same. So I went straight and the whole thing. Right. And Cage is all like, oh, well, I'm so sorry that I have to ask this. And it's like, bullshit. No, you're not. And then she ends up like she's supposed to be this like this strong woman. But like she's being told how to do her job and being told what to do. Right. And then she says sorry to him. Like she apologizes while she's at the bar, like, or like while he's fucking following her to her second job. Right. And like, this is gross. Right. And then he's rewarded for it later because of course they're paired up during their car stuff. And before I go into this scene, I want to say I, I, fucking hate sexy car talk and i never ever ever want to see uh what about your headlights what's under that hood like oh the the drive oh, shaft baby, on this baby and I'm just rev like, oh my god like uh, fucking so so gross i can't and uh um, it's also just she so just fucking enabled boring that. 
She was she so did. like she was like, ooh, there's like this sexy pink underwear in the back and but the whole here's, thing. Here's the thing that is so emblematic of its time as well is like when conversation is gay and it's women or femme presenting for the male gaze, it's like that's cool, that's acceptable, that's hot. But I don't right. like gays, but that's hot and I'm into it. Um, but anything else, any any other queer aspect is disgusting and, and bad. And it's just, I mean, again, so, so emblematic of this period of time. Like, just what a, what a, what a weird, weird time where it's like, yeah, of course, she's like a cool chick who like has masculine tendencies because she likes cars and, oh, she has a penchant for being sexually attracted to female objects like ooh like or like or like feminine it's just like and this she is, knows how to talk shop what? right because that's and she also knows, a oh thing. my god when when she knows so how to talk boring. cars or like video games or whatever you're into that's instantly like fucking giant ass erection like take me yeah. now oh we're boosting cars let's have sex while we wait for this car like he literally <laughs> fucking said that and so like i mean uh. it's, at that point he's not like she's not a person he is just because she likes or she she has knowledge about what he likes and you know she is presenting herself for him like you said for the male gaze and in these like various male gazy fantasy situations she yeah. is attractive and she is hot and she is this but what is she she's still apologizing for what she's doing you know or apologizing yeah. for you know all of this and it's just like I it's, I hated it's, that. It's everything. Yeah, it yeah. was I mean again, it's it's more just reiterative shit trope after shit trope after it just and I mean and here's another thing that I wanted to talk about too that just I'm seeing it more and more the more I pay attention the more I'm like, "Oh, a movie that loves to have racist moments within its dialogue and narrative always makes sure to make one of the cops in the movie black." Because then it can't be racist because the cop is black. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? What is this? What is this fucking terrible trope? I just, I I really, I can't even handle it. It's so overt. I mean, I, and I could be wrong here, but that's what it feels like. It feels like that character being black is trying to forgive the rest of the movie for it being so overtly racist and so tone deaf. But he still loses in the end, right? Because like, yeah. so the whole movie, they're like setting him up and he's just like, oh, well, he's the one perp that got away and the whole thing, right? And then he's like, yeah. he's so horny for like, so hard for like Nick Cage and Memphis Reigns and has to fucking catch him. Even oh, yeah. when his boss, his big boss is like, no, you need to fucking give this up, right? He's still not going to do it, right? And like almost everything coming out of his mouth and like the way that he talks to Memphis and the way that he like fucking and walks into their operation like it's no big deal and he's like oh yeah i know about cars i know H- hello fellow car enthusiasts i also know this you know and it's just hello, like fellow carmen it, it <laughs> felt like it felt vi- yes carmen carmen uh, carmen it felt very like that whole trope of like he was the jealous cop that wanted to be memphis frames but was straight you know, like wasn't wasn't crooked, so he like you know he had to try to lit like oh yeah like that that whole thing it's, is like boring, right? It, it's such a boring thing, and then also the trope of like the white character being streetwise, and then like getting street cred because he's 
like talking to all these characters of color and then them being like, yeah, you're like a good white. And he's like, yeah. And it's just like, this is so boring and toxic. And it's like literally this white male fantasy, like to be written into the script, be like, you know what? I bet black people would like, I bet Mexican people would like me. I bet these people would, I like, I bet I'd fit right. Like, what is this weird racist fantasy? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. such it's such a weird, gross fetishization of culture while simultaneously hating the people who come from that culture. Like, it's just so it I mean, at the end of the day, it's like the whitest shit in the world, right? <laughs> like true <laughs> truly, truly, it's like it really is so, so a part of what whiteness is. Like so emblematic of hating something but wanting to be it and like, oh my God, it's just gross it's gross this movie is so fucking gross uh i can't you know what the more i talk about it the more i'm like i don't even care that it's a heist movie although god i love heist movies so much like this didn't like to me at least this didn't feel like a real heist movie like it's this was not like fast and the furious five did a great job at being a heist movie and being a car movie this movie was like it was mostly like, ooh, you want to see this cute car? Like, let's do this, right? Like, But it had a plan montage. It had a plan montage. And that, to me, honestly, so it could be Sesame Street with a montage. Could It could. I'm not okay. saying it okay. always does. But it, it, I mean, that's step one into a good heist. At the end of the day, I'm kind of just a sucker for the idea of it, of like tricks and like fun like high stakes like i mean maybe maybe it's just gambling maybe i like gambling like i don't know <laughs> it, it really could be that but um this movie is goofy in all of the wrong ways and it's not a good movie and i think it is so egregiously reckless in its prejudicial tendencies and its racist ideology i think it's so so overt and so unapologetic in the way that it portrays a lot of the stuff that I'm like, you know what? Fuck off with this shit. Like, it's so tired. And I I feel like adding the caveat of like, well, it was a different time, which I've said already on this podcast, giving it any leeway or credence is just like perpetuating that whiteness during rampant. But like, fuck, man. <sighs> <laughs> it's so I get it. It's it's you can't it's really ex- this movie it's, and it's okay. It's re- like it's really exhausting. Like and I mean but that's of- also it's really exhausting coming from a cis white male. Like I like man, I am so tired. Like shut the fuck up. You have literally so many privileges. That is so silly. But you know what I'm like, you understand what I'm saying. As far I as like saying. However, but that's also why we're doing this pod, right? It's also like, why so we're doing like, this podcast. You yeah. <laughs> like you are recognizing that this is problematic. You are recognizing yeah. that this is your brand of movie, not necessarily like the punching down parts and everything, but you yeah. like the heist. You've identified what you I like, like about heist. this movie while trashing everything else. So it, yeah, you know, what? I mean, it is possible to do both. It's possible to do both. You heard it here first. Actually, probably not first, but we're gonna say it's first. At the end of the day, largely, I don't really recommend this movie. Like, it's, it, it is such a it's weird, not good. it's not good. It's also just like a weird, what a, what a timepiece. Like, what a, what a perfect movie to encapsulate the year 2000. You know what I mean? It's just so emblematic of everything that that Y2K. was. Y2K. 
Y2K 哦。We're all the way the f back from that beautiful little break. This is the outro to the Gone in sixty seconds episode of the Nostalgia Podcast. Jess, how do you feel? Well, that first one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What a what a、um, what a film. Who do you think it was for? The nineteen seventy four version. It was okay. I'm gonna be real controversial. Um, I think no. You know what? Whatever. I'm not even gonna go there. It was for straight men. Who do you think it was for? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was for the car daddies,、uh, yeah. the car daddy subreddit, and people that、yeah. work at car hospitals. Yeah, car <laughs> hospitals, one hundred percent. Did you like it? No, it was so boring. Cars getting banged up, kind of cool to some degree, but I mean. I mean, it, what a what a what a snoozer! Happy it made as much money as it did, but wow, what a snoozer! Did you like it? Yeah,、um, no, not at all. I was very bored. I was just very. I was so lost. And then there was just a car chase, and so then at least, at least during the car chase, there was like something like some sort of a story that I could follow, even though there was no dialogue. Right? It's like,、oh, okay,、yeah. cool. I can follow this. But like the first half of the movie, it was just really bad and really messy and just unfollowable. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> cool. Actually, how about the two thousands one? Is this new and interesting, or the same progressive regressive? How has it evolved with today's ideals? I think it evolved in the sense that it was a movie. I think the fact that it was a movie <laughs> is progress. Um, from the first one, I thought it was regressive in a lot. I mean, like it's 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 hard to say regressive when it's not really going back from anything when everything is constant racist shit. Like you're not really regressing、mm-hmm. to anything. It's just like it's maintaining the status quo of badness. And this movie really maintained the status quo of badness.、Um, it upheld that、um, with vigor and with confidence and proudly. So yeah, it was bad. <laughs> What do you think? I think in every way it was a step up, and it was a step up because, like you said, this was actually a movie and not just like I'm going to hang out with my friends and like you know we're going to do a thing, right?、Um, yeah. Because there was actually a story to follow, right? And like you know, even though it had a lot of punching down moments and a lot of questionable moments and just like kind of boring in general, you know, so、yeah. it didn't really feel new to me because I feel like. The dialogue and the story and everything would have been basically the same if the first one had a story or dialogue, but it was more interesting for sure because I could follow what was happening and I knew、yeah. who characters were and you know <laughs> so like I mean the the bar was just so low for this one.、Um, it was. It was. I'm not sure if I could say I could say that it's regressive because I feel like they're both equally regressive. Like I said, if、yeah. the first one. Uh, had dialogue, it would have been very similar to this one, especially through like the objectification, the gross over objectification of women in this in the first one, because the first shot is just like a bunch of nudies, and then every fucking shot is just like, hey baby, you know, like whenever there's a woman on screen, I think they were equally as regressive, and I think the only way that it evolved with today's ideas was just having a coherent story. Yeah,、um, truly. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think it was for? It was for 
every toxic man who was ever on Road Rules on MTV. Ooh. It was for all, all of all of the toxic men of road rules. <laughs> um, I think. I think that this was for car daddies. Again, yeah. I'm going to say it. But I think specifically old car daddies or car daddies Ooh. that wanted to show their sons how cool cars are, right? So this was like their gateway. Um, yeah. And I think that specific brand of car daddy is the one that goes to the car shows every weekend, like the local car show or goes to the big one and just kind of like goes up and like looks under that hood. Yep. That's a good, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, um, I'm sorry. That's, that's very small minded of me, I guess. But from my experience in like maintenance fields and stuff like that and with some of this, it was just like, yeah, this is exactly who this is for. I do want to just say I am getting a text message. Okay, it is from Car Twitter, and they are saying to tread lightly. Um, Ooh, sorry. So yeah, they're 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 uh, they're coming for us. They're all of the all of the <laughs> shit we talked about car culture. They're like, vroom vroom, better buckle up because. So it's it is really interesting that like all of their threats are, are car euphemisms. So it's like. <laughs> It's it's a, it's a whole thing. It is very it feels very goofy, but rest assured, their threats are very serious. Um, okay, look, can you outrun my 2016 Honda? Absolutely. Do I care? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you like it? Did you like this movie? Oh my god, I love this movie in the sense that I really did not like this movie at Solid. all. I, I get I, that. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so we in our house for like in the past three weeks, uh, like started watching a bunch of Nicolas Cage movies. So we watched like Ghost Rider, which is a remake too, which, oh man, that would be fun to do. We watched like Face Off. We watched The Rock and like, you know, because we have, uh, I think I've mentioned before, Dumb Movie Night. Um, <laughs> And so that's that's where we realized, like, holy shit, this is a remake. Like, Gone in 60 Seconds is a remake. What the fuck are you talking about? And I think I texted you. I was like, should we do the dumb car movie? Yeah. Like, should we? Should this be it? And you're like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I'm glad that we did it because sometimes these viewings can get a little bit taxing, especially after trying to do something like 2001 Space Odyssey, which well, is just so, I, I like, mean, big <laughs> and great and an absolute treat. Going from... from- from big mountain cinema to low valley car movie <laughs> is like it is a nice reprieve for sure <laughs> it's a nice break um did you like it eric um no i don't want this okay so i know the heist movie community will come for me for this i don't want this to paint your opinion of my opinion of heist movies in any particular way this movie did i like it no. Did I like the heist aspects of this movie? Yes. Do I love heist movies? Absolutely. I love heist movies. So just remember that, everybody. That in That's Eric's brand. That's heist, heist movies. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to fucking write a heist movie. I'm like Hell yeah, honestly you do. though, there's there's a level of me that I'm like, oh, I'm not smart enough to do that. Cause heist movies are really like, but that but that's the thing. You know what? I can do it. I can do it. I'm gonna do it. It's fine. You can totally do it. Do it. Oh God, I love heist movies. <laughs> So, speaking oh, of big news, big news alert on top of the network, we officially have a Patreon. Big claps for us. If you've been a longtime listener or you're a first time listener, either way, thank you for being here. 
We love you. And it's officially happening. We have a Patreon. So if you like what you hear, you can support us by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash nostalgia. I mean, we're going to link that in the show notes, so it'll be really easy to find. And if you go to the nostalgianetwork.com website, um, you'll find it on our show page. It will, we'll make it very easy for you. But um, let's go through the tiers and see if any of these are for you. If you love them, like them, you'll get it. We decided oh, yes. that we were going to use our signature like it, love it, gotta have it. Yeah, uh, which that we is came up TM, with. TM, TM. And not yes. Cold Stone. Cold Stone did not do that. We did. Sorry. <laughs> That's just an unfortunate reality. They stole it from us. We had this idea long before Cold Stone existed. Um, long before the, the concept of cold and stones. You know, so we've had it for a while. <laughs> so the first the first tier is the like it tier it's three bucks a month and um, you'll get our eternal love and gratitude and we appreciate you appreciating us appreciating media critique so it's really just if you like us and you want to just send us your 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 gratitude in a monetary form this is your outlet for that kind of action we will love you for it it is three dollars have a good day <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thank you so the much next for your <laughs> The next tier is the Love It tier, which is $5 a month. And with that tier, you get to, on top of our eternal love and gratitude, you also get to make suggestions or vote on upcoming episode topics. So, like, we would put up maybe four different movies and say, like, hey, which one should we do for the next episode? Or, you know, there might be some times where, you know, we'll just ask for your input and then draw one at random or something. But if there is specific content that you want us to do or you're interested in us doing, that's a way for you to uh, to kind of contribute to what you want to hear. And then the next tier is the gotta have more of it tier, which is going to be 10 bucks a month. Um, this gets you the bi-weekly bonus episodes, which are called the Not Notstalgia podcast, um, where we do it in between weeks. Uh, we're not really critiquing like a, a remake or a redo. It's more of just like what we're watching and, and talking about things that we're engaging in presently. And it's kind of just a way to catch up a little bit and talk about something we're excited about that doesn't necessarily have to do with a remake or a retelling. That also, on, on top of the episodes, it gets you everything from the previous tiers. And then the bonus episodes will come out uh, the weeks that Nostalgia is not released. So you'll be able to hear us every week now. Can you believe that? This gets and you us every week. And you could also, in that tier, um, suggest like things for us to watch, too. Like If you're like, you guys should both really watch Death Becomes Her. I want to hear you talk about it, um, yeah. which Eric wants me to do, which I, I really wanna... want to do. I've never it's... seen it. Um, what a movie. What a treat. So uh, you get our love and gratitude. You get to vote. You get the bonus episodes. And you get to tell us what you want to hear on some of those, you know, and we will provide. <laughs> we will provide. And then the final tier is $20 a month. And for that, um, look, if you're going to give us $20 a month, we know that you love us and we love you right back. So um, <laughs> in addition to everything from the previous tiers, we would do uh, shout outs on the pod. So let's make it official. You know, yeah. uh, we will profess our love for you on air and we just love you so much. And this like all of these costs, like we mentioned before, we'll just go towards, you know, like us continuing to make this because, you know, there are a lot of costs associated with it and everything. And we really love doing it. And we hope yeah. that you love hearing it as much as as much as we are. And we'd love for you to have more of a part in getting to hear episodes that you would like to hear. Yeah. Content just, you want. Because all of this, too, is like largely what we're trying to do is like create a dialogue. So like 
engage with us. I mean, granted, you don't have to pay money to engage with us, but True. if you want to help contribute to this show thriving and continuing, we would be so, so appreciative. And even if you don't want to give us anything, your listenership is more than enough and we appreciate you regardless. So thank you for being here yeah. and listening to us because like, what an absolute treat. But again, if you want to throw a little money our way, also very cute. Also, that, if you can't, we still love you. We still and, love you. You know, we totally get it. COVID is wild. The world at large, even before COVID, is wild. Just you know, we're here. Thank you. We're Share here. with your friends. Follow us. Subscribe. Uh, rate and review because that gets us out there. So that way, more people are able to see our pod and be able to hear the content that you know and love. Yeah, and. uh Remember, check out the uh, nostalgianetwork.com, our pretty little website. Um, it's cool. Check out the other shows too. Like, this is so fun and so exciting, and I'm really happy with it. I'm like, just what a cool time. Read the Blade Runner piece. I think it's going to be really cute and interesting. It's just really cool. Yeah. Check out the other podcasts. Like, what a cool start to this cool thing. And if you've been here and you're here, Thank you for being here and staying and being engaged and excited about the shit that we do because we have such a good time doing it and we're excited to expand that with more shows, more people just doing more of it because it's just fucking, it's fun. It's fun and cool. And the fact that you're engaging with it is just such a treat. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And we put a lot of love and a lot of work into all of the things that we do and we bring to you and we're really happy you're here. Um, Yeah. So yeah, you can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all of the places. Like Eric said, you can go to thenotstalgianetwork.com or be a Patreon at patreon.com slash nostalgia. Thank you again so much. Uh, our artwork and music is by Eric Lefebri. Special thanks to yeah. Danny Barkley for editing. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. Remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye. 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 B